Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of What's the Deal with Seinfeld with me, Chris Milner. I continue to be joined by DC comedian Landon Letzkus. How are you, sir? Fantastic. So we had to take a little break uh, between the recordings to sort of get over the last episode. I'm sure if you tuned in, you uh, you can see why. Um, uh, this one's going to be interesting, though, because the episode we're going to watch today received a GLAAD Media Award. Uh, GLAAD is uh, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation Award. Uh, because apparently, according to Jerry, he says he uh, likes this episode because it uh, satirizes homophobia and political correctness. So it's going to be interesting to see whether he can redeem himself off the back of last episode's controversy yeah. by uh, really being an ally of the, you know... It's <laughs> it's like it's like also such a reprehensible pattern these days, which is like uh, do horrible shit, become an ally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that's like it's like these two. It's like these two episodes that we're going through are jamming together. It just the forefront of the uh, the zeitgeist's conversation about this terrible stuff. Yeah, right now. there's uh, been a lot of that in this in this series so far. It's been quite surprising how yeah. much the synchronicity there has been. But talk. Uh, let's talk about because let's talk about Church Night because you do a satirical. We spoke about this with Lindsay. Those that remember, Li- you and Lindsay and yeah. Jeremy Frank do Church Night, which s- is a satirical non-denominational <laughs> church service. Correct. Right, And often in those sermons, you satirize whatever the zeitgeist issue is of the day. Exactly, yeah. And you do it very well. And you do it so Thank well you. that, you know, you, you everyone in D.C. knows church night. If you don't, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, how do you tackle that? Because especially in a city like D.C., which is, you can't escape the, political correctness Ab- element. No, right? absolutely not. Political capital of the US, capital of the US. Right. And, you know, yet we're there trying to do comedy. Comedy stand-up's hard enough, but you're trying to actually directly come at the establishment. Right. Well, I mean, I'd say that, the, like, one of the guiding principles of Church Night, and one thing that maybe helps us steer clear of uh, big-time trouble in that regard, uh, is that we decided early on, like we we never wanted to be mean spirited when it came to that satirization. That said, uh, you know, all of us, none of us are particularly afraid of like of pushing boundaries or limits because that's how you, if you're truly trying to satirize something, and more importantly, if you want someone to learn something, uh, and that's like maybe that's just lofty bullshit. I don't know, but like that's th- that's a bit of the goal of satire, isn't it? Right. right yeah. It's to make fun of, but it's also for those who are on the fence or those who are paying attention to actually take something away from that. And if they're savvy, then they'll say, "Oh, God, okay, uh, yeah, I I see a new side of that. Maybe maybe we get that across, or maybe it's just I don't know. M- maybe we're not. But um, with that comes the risk of like fucking it up. And as I said in the last episode, like. If you, (laughs) like, in 2017, if you're thinking to yourself, like, well, we really want to stick it to this particular idea, uh, but and we don't want to hold back, and we want to take some risks and say some shit in the voice of our idiot characters, right, then we're going to do that. We're going to take that risk. Now, now in the last episode especially, I'm thinking, like, well, what won't age well? You know, we talk a lot about that right now. And that's, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's that's part of the thrill, and that's part of why I like doing it so much. 
Yeah. Well, if you uh, have never been and you're in DC, you should check it out. Check out Church Night TV as well. I'm on episode number one. You are. Uh, if you want to see acting almost as bad as Jerry Seinfeld himself, <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Me, obviously. You guys, obviously, are Costanza and... Right, we're... I'm not going to say Michael Richards, obviously. Of our show, the one that I was <laughs> in, certainly, certainly Chris Miller was the Jerry Seinfeld character. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this episode, um, which is called The Outing, uh, and I'm assuming that's not referring to a trip to the park. Mm, already, I'm concerned with that title. <laughs> <laughs> Which aired on the 11th of February 1993 to another staggeringly large audience of 28 million people. Which is, I don't know, population of, what like do you reckon, Belgium? Yeah, Belgium. I bet. Let me see if I'm right on that. I bet Belgium. Maybe or the Netherlands. I bet the Netherlands. You you go for the Netherlands. Twenty eight million. Wait, twenty eight million? We're gonna we're gonna check. Belgium has Yeah, I'll go with the Netherlands. I'll put my money on that. What's the population? No, I bet the Netherlands has less than twenty eight million. Because the UK is only like fifty something, right? Um, Wikipedia is useless. I'm just gonna type into Google. Right, Belgium population. This is a, m- a much longer intro than you had in mind, I'm sure. Well, now <laughs> I'm now I'm very curious to see if either of us are wrong. Now we're putting three, we're putting the folks out there in podcast land through our 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 exercise here of curiosity. Oh, damn! Belgium's eleven and a half million. Yeah, and Belgium is like just a skosh larger than the Netherlands. Like, so I bet this is uh, France. I bet France. Try f- France. Oh no, we're gonna do your one first. Oh, I thought we'd seventeen point yeah seventeen million. Quotes of fr- do France, do France now, France. France, France. I think France is more. I think France is about forty, sixty-six point nine. All right, what country has about twenty-nine million people? Mm. It would be also I like the idea of thinking of a country like a situation where everyone in a particular country. Has tuned into this yeah, episode that's, that's, of Seinfeld. That's, that's <laughs> like I'm just, I know, I know. I'm just like <laughs> breaking. I hadn't considered it in quite those, uh, those direct words. Keep. What are you searching? Paraguay. No, Germany. Germany? You think Germany has less people than France? No, no way. Terrible. No terrible. way. Eighty-two million people in Germany. Try Spain. Oh, I bet Spain. Spain. I bet Spain has twenty-nine million. Forty-six. These countries are so tiny, though. These you are all everything do, is like this. Like, let's do a I didn't state. Think about doing this before, but if I just type in twenty-eight million population, see who's the closest. Oh, list of countries and dependencies by population. Yeah, what do we, we got? got? What was it? Twenty-eight million. Twenty-nine. Twenty-eight or twenty-nine? Twenty-eight. We've got 28. a few. We've got Yemen. Never would have guessed Yemen. Angola. Angola. Oh, Nepal. Let's do Nepal. Nepal. All right. Let's choose. No- I don't know. I know we're not choosing a country, but no, Nepal like, let's can be the country. country. So this episode of Seinfeld. Everyone in Nepal watched this episode of Seinfeld. This episode of Seinfeld was called The Outing. It premiered on February the 11th, 1993, to the population of Nepal. And has a 9.4 star rating, a huge rating. That's the h- second who highest rating by we've who? Had so what, far. what authority? IMDb. <laughs> because they only, w- the Nielsen rating, they only started doing Nielsen rating on the last couple of episodes. 
So again, Rob Hayes, I'm going to mention him again because he gave me shit about using IMDb as a rating system and told me to use the Nielsen rating. Not only was he incorrect about what previous day Seinfeld used to be on, he also didn't realise that I couldn't have even used it if I'd wanted to until now. It's I'm still not going to because I like IMDb. I b- it sounds like sounds like you've got a intense feeling towards IMDb. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. hadn't realised, Land and I had, have had a couple of drinks. <laughs> We've had a couple <laughs> of drinks. <laughs> and now I'm <laughs> now I'm I'm thinking that they have probably already realized that. Yes, after the population thing. Yeah, after I the think population. After the Twenty-five minute discussion of countries' <laughs> populations. Well, this was supposed to be five minutes long. What are we at? Oh, eight. It's fine. Eight. I could have sworn we'd been talking for like forty minutes. <laughs> if you had asked me how many, much like our incorrect guesses on the populations of these Brit- of these European countries, I thought we'd been talking for forty minutes. Yeah. In fact, we've only been talking for the population of Yemen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> as well as drinks, we may have also indulged in one of uh, Washington, D.C.'s finest imports at the moment. A prank by Elaine. Did you write out the description of this episode? I take the description from IMDb, which in general are fine, but occasionally they use a submitted and useless. But this one's fine. A prank by Elaine leads a newspaper journalist to think that Jerry and George are gay. Uh. I'm skeptical that this is going to raise my opinion of Seinfeld as it stands at this moment you're after the last you're episode. taking a stand against 9.4 stars. <laughs> for retroactive rating. <laughs> the pop- the, the country population. of Nepal can't be wrong. <laughs> Especially about issues like, like you know. Homophobia. Yeah. Oh, man. About suppression. And yeah, oh, okay. that's a loaded statement. Okay. Um, right. Well, let's, let's watch the fucking thing. <laughs> And the credits are rolling. The timer has started <laughs> on a great episode. That was a pretty spectacular episode. I was laughing very loud. So was I. Af- a lot of it. After the previous episode, I was ready to... I was picking it apart as we went through it. Right. It was hard. Certainly, I saw its flaws. There were two, I saw there were its two glaring flaws for, for me. What were they for you? The two glaring flaws for me were the fact that these hooking up with an NYU student. <laughs> yes. That's the number one glaring flaw. With the this other episode. glaring flaw was the black bouncer in Monk's Cafe. What was that about? Yeah, I don't know what exactly. What was that about? That that could have been completely and utterly not in there at all. No. Th- it came out of absolutely nowhere. It didn't serve the plot at all. Right. Uh like, is there, is there a joke we're missing there? Is that referential to something? I don't know. I have no idea. It's like, well, everyone knows that the big black bouncer doesn't like these two gay boys. Is that, like, is that <laughs> what they're... <laughs> that I've got no idea. Like, um, is that, was that like a trope in 1993 that no I'm just not familiar with? I think that we can just put a pin in both of those yes. and say, aside from those points, I think that was a great episode. It was pretty hilarious. And they managed to... To do what we thought they wouldn't be able to, right? Really. Which was like dec- like decent satire, like yeah. good satire. Although, okay, so here's one other thing that I put to, I was thinking about was like sort of the refrain of the entire episode, right? Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Is that like, but couldn't that have? Couldn't you also interpret that in the days that we live in now as like sort of a uh, a rallying cry against PC culture? Were they mocking that? Did they s- did they fly too close to the sun? 
when it comes to like the mockery of them saying like, well, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like I could picture like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like I could picture like someone who uh, is inclined to believe those things using that refrain like in a mocking tone. Well, I the only reason that I don't think that's the case in this scenario is because apparently this is one episode that they were very worried would offend the gay community and uh, thought that it would wouldn't get greenlit. Um, so I don't think it is satirizing PC culture. Whereas they never batted an eye at the episode I prior to I think they were actually worried. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I think they were actually worried that it would be misinterpreted or interpreted poorly, which is good because some people wouldn't even care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that as well. Uh, so they were obviously very uh, they were sensitive to the uh, to the implication of the episode. Okay, I suppose that does re- that 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 context like removes my concern that and there was some underlying mockery. And and I guess if you but if also if you're going to use that mocking tone, like that's how satire works. Like you become the thing that uh, uh, that you're making fun of. Right. right so but there was a, a slightly more serious point in there, which I think was a clever and shrewd move by allowing by including it on their part, which was the taking on the sort of don't ask, don't tell military element. That came at <laughs> in back to back with the black eye bouncer bouncer thing. Yeah. Which not like neither of those things were like particularly they both came out of nowhere. Both shoehorned in. One of them was <laughs> ridiculous. And one of them happened to end up being like extraordinarily poignant and important. <laughs> yeah. One was one was very progressive and one wasn't at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, that was. I thought that was like spectacular that there was that that sailor. And I'd love was to he a Mercedes sailor? <laughs> I, I don't. He think was. A, I think he was a marine. As a matter of fact, they took the they took the toughest like branch of the U.S. Yeah, he was a marine. I almost guarantee you that he was a marine because the uniform. And that's that's like that's like going after some. Some fucking hardcore dudes okay. at the time, I think. But that marine versus the bouncer, I think. Oh, my money's on the bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the bouncer would have fucked that marine up for sure. The um, call back in the hospital when George goes to oh see his mom. Oh my god, that was so. I didn't put that together. Well, yeah, because of the sheet. It was a callback to the contest, which is funny because that's the most, in theory, controversial episode. And it's interesting because they were worried that this was going to be. Right. And so I think it's nice that they called that episode back yeah. in this one and just, d- you know, changed out the, the sexes. Right. And Which then, like, probably, yeah. And both times galvanized uh, the opinion of George's mother that she had of him initially. <laughs> like in the contest, she thinks he's a masturbator. He comes in, can't stop looking, so she still thinks he is. Right. And that one, she thinks and he's gay. She thinks he he's gay. And then he stop com- looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she still thinks he is. I would definitely, would, I would not have remembered that callback unless you mentioned it. That's great, though. And of course, it's all flooding. It's all flooding back to me. Yeah, there was uh, one. It was funny because one of my favorite Frasier episodes is The Doctor is Out. Where he gets mistakenly outed and uh, gets into a, a relationship with Pat uh, with Patrick Stewart, sorry, Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> well, let's let's um, decorum here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Night of the Realm, and it's a wonderful episode. Who and he doesn't realize he's not in a gay relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that it? It's yeah, that he because Fraser just thinks he has a famous friend, and the other guy is just thinks Fraser's gay. <laughs> 
and <laughs> Frazier that just can't comprehend that, yeah, he might not be. But I can see why that episode in particular was was received well. Yeah. You know? Well, and also, I think it, uh, especially compared to, like, the last episode that we watched, it does, like, the Seinfeld trick better, you know? Like, just the, that, like, really short, that, like, very quick narrative arc from beginning to end, like... It does. It does like what Seinfeld does better. I think I liked it. Yeah, and there was that bit where George and other things. I remember that. I've got lots of gay friends. My father's gay. My father. Yeah, my father's gay. That was my my, my father. That, that that whole scene. Number one laugh out loud moment. And then he's going, "I'll have sex with you now." Right. You know that was amazing. And then Kramer coming in and just being like, "Yeah," because uh, at the beginning I thought that that was going. Kramer was going to represent. You know the people, the non-progressive people that didn't understand. Right, right, right. After that first interaction, I was kind of thinking, "Oh, he's going to be like, how could you?" But then at the end, he comes in and he's like, "Not there's anything wrong with that." Yeah, I think it would have been the most progressive thing, of course, is if Kramer was just like at the end. Yeah, like, was I'm going to fuck this guy? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Because it did seem that they had a very binary separation between yeah. gay and straight. And yeah, it's not like they totally even, did. You know, even bisexuality, which isn't really even a thing now right. was probably still a thing then and they were like we're not even gonna get into that right they we're didn't just they didn't drift they they absolutely did the entire the entire binary like their their kinsey scale was like yeah, zero, zero or ten or whatever <laughs> zero or seven there's no yeah. gray area but i would have loved that because at the end it was like hey guys and kramer appears and there's the guy with him and then he disappears and he's like He's the phone man, and then it disappears. Not if there's anything, not if there's anything wrong with that. I just would have loved if that bit where he comes in and said, "He's the phone man." If he was like, "He's the guy I'm fucking tonight." Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. Well, no. Or he comes in and goes, "He's the phone guy," because gay is wrong. <laughs> oh my the god! The point I was trying to make earlier. Yeah. If they just like drilled it in. Yeah. Then they would yeah. just look at the camera and it just do 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 do. <laughs> Then it's just like Martin at the end. They sit around. It's like we've had a lot of fun tonight on Seinfeld, but <laughs> being gay is a very serious thing. And yeah. if you or a family member think you might be gay, cool. Mm. My mum, because th- it's funny, you and I, people think we're both gay, not together. But I've had people think that I'm gay. I've certainly had people. And you, yeah. Uh, very recently, someone said when I said that I introduced your girlfriend, I was like, "Oh, that's Landon's girlfriend." They were like, "Who?" I was like, "Landon." I was like, "Who?" Like, yeah, the guy from church night. He's not gay. <laughs> that was like six months ago. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, d- I dress weird sometimes, which people think is gay. Right, and I'm British. Also, I think I'm like I'm probably like twelve percent gay. Like just it because I think that exists. Yeah, in I'd me say that. Yeah, it, I'd it say that as well. Like all people, like when people are like, uh, you know, they say like, oh god, look at that right. Kevin Costner or whoever, you know. And I'm, other, and I'm like I, you know. And I'm not <laughs> single, but I am thin and neat. Yeah, I'm. Which is apparently the parameters for being gay in I'm this not episode. Right, that it's true. Yeah, I'm not single or thin, but I'm neat. Right, and I was where just thinking. Where does that put me? Well, you know, I was thinking. I was like, you know, who else is often thin, single, and neat? Serial killers, very. <laughs> Serial killers are often all of those yeah, things. Yeah, maybe as that's well. the thing that he's keeping private right. all these years. It's not yeah. that he's done some horrible, like, he's not some horrible abuser. He's a straight up yeah. fucking serial he's killer. He's Craig from Craigslist. Yeah. He's just <laughs> been murdering women in um, stand up tours. Like that other guy. That's <laughs> <my adventure. laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Elaine was repping Big Shaq, not refusing to take her jacket off. Why? Why didn't she want to take her jacket? I off? don't. That's. I don't remember. God, I wish she'd said, "Man's not hot." What's that? <laughs> 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 yeah. What was that subplot? I didn't understand what happened there. I think. I. I, I don't think we missed anything. No, we didn't. I mean, I'm. Maybe. Maybe she was like, I'm "Last episode, too much cleavage. This episode." Jacket on the whole episode. Yeah. I'm not taking it off. You can write it in. She thought she was just talking to, like, the director of the <laughs> episode, but the camera was rolling, and she was like, I'm not taking this fucking jacket off. Yeah, no more tits. All right? Wait, why? Yeah, what the fuck was that about? It didn't serve any purpose. No. Did it? Did anything happen? I'm all... Now I'm all of a sudden I can't remember anything that happened in the episode. Um, no idea. <laughs> can't think of why i can't think well you know what that's on them if we missed if we missed the moment where they explained that it it must have been so insignificant that it was it should have been written to be longer yeah it is weird though because it didn't really tie back into anything either should we look the episode should we google the episode should we wikipedia we just watched it well yeah but i've already forgotten (laughs) (laughs) well let's leave that alone for now okay let's set that to one side yeah um all I'm very, all I'm s- gonna say is I'm very happy this this ended on a triumphant kind of return for Seinfeld. Absolutely, um, this was the Seinfeld that I remembered. Like this was the Seinfeld. These were like kind of the jokes and the. This was like the the story arc. The like just from beginning to end, you get you get run through the ringer of these characters' fucking horrible inadequacies as human beings, and it fucking hits that. Like, it puts a button on it, like, every time it gets that big punch. Like, the whole show is one long joke, and the punchline comes right at the end, and it's so good at doing that. Yeah, that's what I was saying, is I look at the show set up like it's a, it's, it's a bit. It is. You know, yeah, like exactly. That is exactly it. Like, to, to, the, to a T, technically, you know, in mm. terms of, like, exposition, and, like, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. For sure. Did your parents ever think you were gay? My mum did for a second. I don't know. For a hot, yeah, for I'd a be, hot you know, minute. I should. Thanks, Thanksgiving's coming up. I should ask them. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Where shall I? How shall I ruin Thanksgiving this yeah. year? How shall I ruin it? Well, maybe you should point out that you're not, because some people in your family might still think you are. That's true. I'll make it clear. Uh, I'll do like a like a press release thing for my family. Although I think I will just tell them that I'm 12% gay, and that'll leave a lot of my family wondering what that means. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But My mum thought I was gay for a second back when... We might have told this story already. Um, one of our family friends uh, was sort of my and my sister's age, and him and his mum came over for dinner. And after dinner, we the children went upstairs, and he came out to us upstairs, and we assumed that the mother was also explaining it to my mother as well downstairs, but she wasn't. So they left. We had this knowledge. My mum didn't have the knowledge. We were like, "Oh, that's pretty crazy news about so and so," and she was like, "What?" We're like, "Yeah, yeah," and clearly blindsided her the news, even though this guy was absolutely, you know, you could anyone could tell. Yeah, this guy was. I can tell you, I've known him for ye- his whole life. I've known him for seven years before this point. He was gay, and she didn't want to believe it. It kind of hit her a bit weird. This was kind of before my sister had come out as well, so this was sort of her first encounter with 
you know, knowing someone that was gay that was sort of related to her. My mum's a very progressive woman and, like, is, is wonderful, but it was just that evening was the first yeah. time that she'd been confronted with the issue properly. And so she was sort of being very pensive and everything and sitting uh, after dinner, like, on her own. And um, my dad was watching TV in the other room and she was going, uh, Christopher, I've been thinking, you haven't had a girlfriend in quite a long time. <laughs> and you spend a lot of time hanging out with... Dave and Phil, your friends. Um, is there anything you want to <laughs> tell me? What, like it was contagious? Yeah, like you almost. Had like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, do you think I'm gay? And at that moment, just after I'd finished speaking that line, my dad walked into the room carrying plates to hear my mum respond. Darling, don't worry if you're gay, we'll love you anyway. <laughs> what did your dad do? He dropped the plates. It was kind of like a slow-mo moment for me. Like on the ground? Yeah. And they broke? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like an episode of Degrassi or something. Yeah, he was just walking in just like... I don't think... Um, wow, okay. I've, I've got nothing that compares to that. I did have... Uh, I did... Like, I had frosted tips for a while. Oh, I had frosted tips as well. And I also listened to, like, enough Slipknot and Limp Biscuit and Corn that, like, looking at me with the frosted tips, like, sort of this cherubic face. Uh, and I also liked to dance a lot. So that combined with the Slipknot and the Limp Biscuit probably just looked like someone trying a little bit too hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> to, like, to, like, tell the world they're... To just, right. like, tell the world that they're a perfectly normal, angry, heterosexual young man. Yeah, S S Samantha Ruddy, who's a, a famous... Yeah, yeah, uh, I've heard of Sam's yeah, Sam's yeah. fantastic comedian's got this joke where she's like, uh, I feel like Hooters is a bar designed by a gay guy who's <laughs> trying to come across as straight. <laughs> it's just like... It's just like, That's we've got sports, we've got beer, we've yeah. got women in tits. You know who's not gay? Chester J. Hooter. That's who. <laughs> Something that's like that. I'm butchering it, but it's so funny. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I agree. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, she's so funny. That's that's great. That's a great bit. But what, are the, I mean, what are the... I, I, I look back on some of the things that... Because you don't want to generalize, but sometimes you'll look back and go, yeah, I look really gay there. Yeah. I wasn't gay, but I looked gay. But at the time, I thought I looked really straight. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I looked the apex of straight coolness. That's yeah. And when in fact I didn't. No. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's one hundred percent correct. Like jinko jeans, which is essentially like a formal gown, <laughs> just like a denim gown. Jinko jeans are yeah. That's what they were. They were a, like a, a denim wedding dress <laughs> with a long train. <laughs> Did you have jinko jeans in the UK? You sure. must have had an equivalent. Are they J N C O. Yes, J N C O. Oh, right, yeah, they, they didn't yeah. like. We didn't well, call they them J N C O. Did we call them J N C O? No. What I used to wear was mambo trousers. <laughs> you remember <laughs> mambo trousers? <laughs> no. It's ridiculous, right? Let me show you my. You see my pajama bottoms I was wearing earlier? Yeah, yeah. It's those. <laughs> it's those. And they tricked children into thinking into that <laughs> these were pants that you could wear outside, and they were the coolest thing. You know, like between the age of, I guess, like 10 and 13, <laughs> you 
everyone had to you had to you had to have an animal watch. Remember animal? Yeah, yeah. Right? Animal strap on the watch. I remember that. Mambo trousers. Normally airwalks. Oh, airwalks! I had airwalks. Right? Absolutely. And then before uh, vans came along, into yeah. my life anyway. It was kind of like the, the, the pre-skater look. Right. For people who definitely didn't know how to skateboard. No, you're too young to get into it. Right. You know what I mean, like if you were out at that age with rollerblades or a skateboard, you would also be forced to wear so much pads by your parents <laughs> that you'd be the <laughs> ultimate like antithesis. Did you rollerblade? I did. Yeah, I rollerbladed too. I wasn't a skateboarder. I rollerbladed. I rollerbladed. But I'm too tall to grind. Did you? <laughs> My <laughs> center of gravity is all off for grinding. You're too tall. I was just too scared. Oh right. I was just too afraid. I was panicked. I, w- I remember the moment where. There was like a moment where I was skating up to a flight of stairs to like j- to like jump off it and then I did I was I panicked so hard I did that little T break thing where you <laughs> drag one foot behind it cuz I didn't have you know I took off my like heel break or whatever cuz you didn't need it cuz I didn't need it in that moment I'm sure I could have used it That was the day and the pads came yeah, off and and I end up like in slow motion Benny Hill style I was going slow enough that I could just kind of like walk down a flight of stairs <laughs> in roller in rollerblades. I didn't jump off it. I didn't grind the rail. I just ended up like walking down the stairs like a normal human being, like slipping the entire way. Because uh, I, I was so I was so terrified of injuring myself. So what I did was I decided I was gonna be a speed skater. And in Rock Creek oh, Park so in DC, they I know it's the lamest. It's the lamest. Uh, and in Washington, D.C., on the weekends, they close Beach Drive in the park. And mostly it's, like, children and families and, like, an occasional biker. But I lived right next to the park, so I'd, like, go down <laughs> with my, like, my rollerblades. With, like, the seven-wheel speed skates. Like <laughs> I had five. Well, just skis. I had five-wheel speed <laughs> skates. And I would just, and I would, like, swing my arm, like, left and right. Like Did I you was have the full, like, her bodysuit and, no, like, no, helmet that, no. like, I was tapered into a point behind you? I was fat then as fat now, but uh, I know, so I wouldn't I do that. It would be even more hilarious. It would have been amazing. I still had, I was a speed skater, but I, like, I body shamed myself into not wearing Lycra. Uh, well, here's the funny thing, and how that ties back in is because do you know why rollerblading died out? Why? Well, it was because of that. Mainly, there's urban legend. It was because of that joke. Oh, how do your parents know you're gay? There you go. What? Yeah. That well, how about that joke for some legs? There that you people go. Still know the exactly cool back into is. the gay thing. That is, yeah, that's right back into it. God, that's not the joke. How is it? How do you? Uh, oh, how did? Um, why did you? Why did? People roll a blade because they don't know how to tell their parents they're gay or something like that. Yeah. That's it, right? That's it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, wait, how does that go? That's not it. It's different. That famous joke. (laughs) The famous joke. (laughs) That we all know. Let's Google. We've been doing a lot of Googling. Still got all the list of country populations up. Okay. (laughs) The country population. I can't believe I'm going to Google gay rollerblading joke. Yeah. I wonder, now that we, given our conversation about populations earlier, I'm now thinking about all kinds of things, about the like the citizenry of Nepal. Oh, uh, that was it. What's the hardest thing about, about rollerblading? Telling your parents you're gay. There that's it is. It, that's it. Wow. Wait, truly? Really and truly, that's why. Th- who who suspects this? Is it like is it like a white, is it like a peer-reviewed paper? No. It's What's <laughs> 
But I mean, it or firmly, firmly in urban legend territory. I think it's pretty firmly urban legend territory. Yeah. But it's such a good joke that if I'd been ro- if you'd been speed skating, and someone had told you that joke, don't tell me you would have thought twice the next time you wanted to p- lace up those five wheels. That's <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Man, you know what? Fine. Who wrote that joke originally? There's a documentary in there. A bunch of uh, like 20, 20 something white dudes are going to write a documentary about yeah, finding the finding the guy who skateboarders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bunch of skate. <laughs> They're trying to trace it back to like yeah. one comedian. It's a exactly. bunch of comedians who do they, it, and they, they find out it was like twelve-year-old skateboarder. They wanted it all. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted it all or nothing. Nepal. Call oh, back. Oh, call back. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, bad luck. <laughs> <laughs>